Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and um, exciting to be part of the family and what God is doing in this congregation, through this congregation. Um, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir today. You know what I mean by that? Um, I'm preaching on worship, and uh, it's like, why would I preach to a congregation on worship that worships the way you do? Hands lifted and singing, and all of your mouths are open, and there's a smile on your face and joy in your heart, and, and here I come along, and I'm wanting to preach on worship, and, and uh, it's like preaching to the choir. But then again, you know, worship is not just a matter of outward expression. Worship is a matter of the heart. There's even one place where, where Jesus said, you draw near to me with your lips, with your mouth, but your heart is far away from me, and therefore you worship in vain. And it is like we can lift our hands and not be worshiping. We can sing and, and not be worshiping. Only, only myself and the Lord knows whether I'm worshiping or not if I'm lifting my, when I'm lifting my hands. Only he knows that. And just because we come to a worship service doesn't mean that we're going to worship. It's good. It's, we're going to hear the word of the Lord, and we're going to be around the other brethren and sisters, and we're going to have a great time. But it doesn't mean we're actually worshiping, because worship is a matter of the heart. And so one of the men in the Bible that I see that is, has been a great example to me has been Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. But Abraham, like a father of the faith, you remember one of the things that said most about him is this, that he believed and it was what? Counted unto him as what? He believed and it was counted unto him as righteousness, a father of the faith. And yet this father of the faith we're, we're going to see was a, a worshiper. I, I want to take you uh, with me follow with me a moment, to uh, Genesis chapter 18. And I'm not going to read the whole passage, but whenever you get home, if you'd like to, uh, read 1 to 14, because those are the verses that I am going to be using, but I'm only going to read three of them right now. So in verse 1 of chapter 18, reading out of the New King James Version, verse 1 says, Then the Lord appeared to him, at Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him, and when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. They said, Lord, if I have now favor in your sight, do not pass me by. Now look at verse number 14. Verse 14 says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now, would you read the first part of that with me right now? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Let's say it again. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I know that when his day started, they didn't know this was going to happen. He was sitting in the door of his tent. Why would he be there in the heat of the day? 
because the tents were large. They weren't pup tents, but they were large tents. They had a, a door where you could be in the shade, but there was a little breeze that was pulled through the door. It was the coolest place in the really hot part of the day. Now remember, Abraham is 99 years old, and his wife is 89 years old at this point. And so the, he, he looks up and he sees these three uh, people walking toward him. And one of them is the Lord. The other two, I believe, by reading in the next chapter, 19 verse 1, those other two were angels because they were sent to deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. So there were two angels and there was the Lord. And he looked up and he saw the Lord coming toward him. Now there were several tents there, but he knew that this was the Lord coming toward him. And it says he ran. This is unusual for that culture, for the head of the clan or the head of the family to do anything but sit there until the guest arrived at his door and then would rise up and bow to them slightly like this and welcome them in. Very hospitable. But not this, this time. He looked up and saw someone coming that he recognized. And he jumped up and ran, 99-year-old run. I don't know about you, but that's pretty amazing to me. But if we live the way they did, maybe it wasn't so amazing. But he ran to him and fell down on his knees and bowed and worshiped him. And the first thing that hit my heart about, hit my mind and understanding about the heart of worship is this, he ran. In other words, he had a heart ready to see the Lord, and when he saw him, he jumped up and took off toward him. That means that he had a heart ready to worship, already prepared to worship. Before he bowed down, he saw him coming. How many of you know that you can recognize someone by their walk? How many of you know that? And he recognized him by his walk, and he ran to him, and he had this heart for worship. And so he bowed down. Now, Abraham, being the father of faith, he believed, and when he believed, it was accounted unto him as what? Righteousness. Therefore, the heart preparation for worship is that we understand the righteousness of God in our hearts. You see, the enemy, and bless God, I love the message by Jimmy Evans, uh, heart Whisperer, hurt whisperer. You remember that two weeks ago? Hurt whisperer, wasn't that a good message? It was powerful. I, I love that, that the enemy is going to come to you and say, you know what? You're not worthy to worship me. I've even heard people say, well, I wouldn't lift up my hands because I don't want to be a, a hypocrite. And say, so what do you mean? Are you a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to lift my hands and be a hypocrite and act like I'm someone holy. Well, that's not what it's all about. You already are. You are already have been placed into a place of, of righteousness. You already have a, a, a heart, and, and because God sees you through the blood of Jesus Christ, guess what? You can come running to him, and you can come without any accusation. You can come without any condemnation. He has prepared a way for you. 
and he declares over you that your heart is a righteous heart, that your heart is a heart that is set upon him. You may not be as mature as you want to be, and there may be areas of your heart that you, you know need to be worked on, but at the same time, you're able to say, God, this is who I am, and this is where I am, and I know that I am a work in progress, but I know that by the power of your blood that you have already cleansed me and that you have forgotten my sins and washed them away as if they never existed. And therefore, isn't that right? Therefore, I can come to you and I can bow my knee before you just as the scripture says. In fact, I, I want to read that. I want to read that to you right now out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, which is the word of God. So what do we do? We say, hey, you know what? I am not, I don't have to listen to the devil when he comes and condemns me and he says, you're no good. Do you remember what you did yesterday? Do you remember your past? You can't, wor you can't worship. You lift your hands, you're going to be a hypocrite. No, the scripture tells us that we lift holy hands unto the Lord. And we can lift holy hands of the Lord, not because we are holy in ourselves, but because Jesus Christ was holy for us and set us apart unto God. How many of you know that? When we, grab, when we grab this, brothers and sisters, then we are going to approach God from a whole different perspective saying, yes, God, here I am, and I enter boldly into his presence. And that's what Abraham was doing. He saw him, and he ran because he believed, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Praise God for that. Now then, once this happens, that is the very beginning of Abraham's worship. Because once that, that happens, his pursuit then, his heart pursuit, leaves him or places him in the pursuit of the knowledge of the Lord. You see in verse 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 2, he says that he saw, he ran, but he saw him. He recognized him because he knew him. If you could take a helicopter ride, I believe this with all of my heart after reading about Abraham's life, you could take a helicopter ride and ascend and look at Haran and look where we are now by, by, in the terebinth trees by Mamre, and you could fee, see his path. His path would be lined with altars. Abraham was a worshiper. He built altars almost every place he went, and he worshiped God, and God revealed himself at those altars. He knew him. He knew him by his walk. He saw him. I started to say a moment ago, ladies, how many of you know your husband's walk? How many of you know their walk? If you know, if you know that you'd know their walk, you wouldn't see their face, and they were two blocks away and you saw them walking, how many of you still recognize them? You see what we're talking about? Ladies, why do you, why do, you do that? 
My wife tells me, you walk just like your daddy. I do what? You walk just like your daddy. I, I don't know how my daddy walked. I never noticed it. But my wife notices it. And let me tell you something. Abraham knew the walk of the Lord. And the, the, the next thing, the second point is that if we're going to be heart worshipers, we've got to know the Lord the way Abraham knew him. And he, we build altars to him every day, wherever we go, not only in the morning, but in the, in the afternoon and in the evening. And that we build altars to him and we worship him, not only when we come into the congregation, but in our private time of worship, that we, we, we find a place in the morning or a place in the evening where we're alone with God and we get in the word of God and we begin to hear his voice and we begin to get to know him. Oh, this was so good that that Pastor Tim read this morning as he's leading us in worship. It was so good that he read this about Paul saying, I will count everything as, as nothing that I might know the excellence of, of, the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, that I might know him. That was his heart's desire. Paul said he, had, he laid everything down for that one thing. He counted his background. He counted his birth. He counted his education. He counted his religious ideas. He counted all of that as loss for one thing, that he might know Jesus Christ. And even the scripture tells us in John 17 that this is eternal life, that you might know him and the Father who sent him that you might know Jesus Christ. That is, that is eternal, that's, that's life. Our life, even sometimes we think we approach the Word of God and we simply approach it as, as another book. But he said, Jesus told the Pharisees, you read this, you read the Scriptures, and you think that in them you're going to find life, but you won't come to me, you won't come to me. And when you come to him and you take the scriptures and you put the two of them together, his Holy Spirit and the word, that word comes alive. You'll be reading along and it will explode on the inside of you. And you will say, oh dear God, this is so exciting. I gotta tell somebody. This is the best thing I think I've ever found in all of my life. And every time that happens, our knowledge of the Lord gets greater and our horizon fills up with the greatness of God, the beauty of God, and our value of the Lord is elevated. And suddenly we're finding ourselves not trying to worship, but because we're getting to know him, we've been in his word, it's come alive on the inside of us. Now then, it just happens in our lives because of the knowledge of the Lord. I am telling you right now, and I don't mean to be, sound like a mean guy when I tell you this, but your level of worship will never grow if you don't grow in the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit and coming to know Him personally through the Word of God. It will absolutely charge you up. My wife, I've said to her, honey, okay, have you got a moment? She knows what's happened. I've had one of those words, and she knows she's about to get a sermon, and she'll say it anyway. Okay, come on, tell me, what is it that you saw? And then I'll begin to tell her, oh, it is so good. I just gotta tell somebody, you know what I mean? It is loving him with all of our heart. And then the, then the other thing, besides knowing him, 
is that we really do have to express, we need to, I should say, really need to express our affection for the Lord. He fell down and worshiped. You say, why in the world would, would we have to express our uh, affection for the Lord? Because our heart is connected to our bodies. Like the hip bone is connected to the leg. It's, 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 we're just connected. And so what we feel on the inside is what's going to come out. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks, right? And so it's, going, it's just going to come out of us. So when it comes out of us, what are we going to do? We are going to express our love. I remember the first time I saw my wife. Oh, boy. We were at Hardin-Simmons University. We were in the Rose Field House, which is the basketball court. She was sitting on the bleachers on the other side, about 500 students, about 500 or, I don't know, maybe 1,000 or 1,000 on this side. I, I wasn't counting them because I saw her. It was like on the other side of the basketball court, I saw a light shine upon her face out of those 1,000 students. And I thought, I shook my head and I looked again. I said, I've got to get to know her. So when they dismissed us, we started for the door and I kept my eye on her to judge the time when we would get to the door at, at the same time. And man, right there, and I bumped into her as we went through the door together at the same time. I said, oh, excuse me. Oh, oh what is your name, Sybil? What is, I'm, I'm, I'm old. Hey, let's go get a Coke. <laughs> Student center, you know. <laughs> Four months later, we got married. <laughs> Four months. I'm telling you, I, I don't recommend it, but I'm, I'm <laughs> but I'm telling you what. I knew what I was headed, what I was after, and that that's the thing. I knew. And do you know what? I expressed my heart to her. Man, I love you. I held her hand. I hugged her. I kissed her. I just, it was so. <laughs> and we say, there's some people say, well, I don't think church is the right place to shout or to raise hands or, you know, like that. I'm, I'm thinking, what? Don't you have any value for the greatness of God and what he's done in Jesus Christ? Aren't you excited about your salvation at all? Come on. Aren't you excited about knowing him? And those same people will go to political rallies and act like kids. <laughs> blow their horns and, and all of that kind of stuff. And they'll go to football games and jump up and down and shout and clap and everything else. But then again, they must not value the Lord like they value political rallies and football games. Now come on. What we know we want to express. And lastly, the response. You remember the response? The response was that if you'll only believe, God can do anything. Is anything too hard for the Lord? out of the time of worship, out of that place of worship, comes to us an inner speaking of the Holy Spirit 
that leads us, that gives us the word, that delivers us, that sets us free, that gives us life, that gives us joy, gives us faith, gives us hope. It was God himself that told Moses, don't you know that between the wings of the cherubim, I will meet with you there and commune with you. And that word commune means I will order your steps. And out of the place of worship, the Lord will order your steps. I am so glad that God birthed me into worship. The freedom to lift my hands, the freedom to sing, the freedom just to love on him. Oh, I want to tell you this story in closing. This story is a, it's a personal story, but I was a pastor of a denominational church. This is 1974, 1975. And uh, we had some difficulties with the leadership of the church within the first nine months that we were there. And, uh, and um, the leadership of the church disagreed with how I felt, my wife felt about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there was a vote for whether I would stay or go, and to, to the surprise of the leadership, that's the way that denomination made decisions. And to their surprise, they voted for me to stay. So we stayed. And two weeks later, three weeks later, the church building burned to the ground. I'm not saying it had anything to do with the disagreement in the church, but the, but the church building burned to the ground, you know? And so here we, we, we found ourselves meeting in a little borrowed building somewhere uh, nearby, and they loaned it to us so we could meet there on Sundays and Wednesday nights. Well, I, we got down to, we, we were at a big 150 people, and we went down to 39 people in that period of time. And we're meeting in this borrowed building that smelled like stale cigarette smoke or cigar smoke or something. Oh, I got a can of spray every Sunday morning, sprayed around, make it smell better. And we, we met there, and I was so discouraged. And a guy came to me and offered me to fly. He would pay my way to fly to Seattle, Washington, and go to a camp meeting of one church that had, that had mothered or, or had buried several other congregations. And they were having their annual conference at a camp. So I went, I took him up on it, and I flew out there, got there Monday afternoon. I went to the first service that night. They were meeting in this tabernacle with about 1,000, 1,100 people. And everyone just had their hands lifted. And they were just, I'd never seen anyone sing like that from my denominational background. They had their hands lifted. They were into it. Yet, in fact, so into it, you'd look around every now and then, you'd see tears running down people's faces. And they would just, they would just smile and they would laugh and they would clap their hands and like that. And I thought, I don't know how, how, if I can handle this or not. Uh, this good old boy raised the way I'd been raised. But... Uh, I've made it through the night, even though I was a little exasperated because I didn't get to hear everything I wanted to hear from the speaker. That's the reason I went. So I went back on Tuesday morning thinking it's going to be a little bit better, and it wasn't any better. In fact, it was just a little worse. They went a little longer. They would sing a chorus over and over and over and over again. You remember those times? Any of y'all remember those? Like that? Over and over and over. And I got, I was, I was aggravated 
almost angry, exasperated, come on, I want to hear the word. You know? I thought, well, okay, I'll go back tonight. I went back that night, Tuesday night, thinking it's going to be better. It was a little worse. <laughs> this time, I would do this. It was bad. <laughs> I was bad. <laughs> this, I said, I'll go back in the morning. I'll come back. I mean, I'm talking about two and two and a half hours of just, you know, singing and everything. And I, it just, I, I was a sing-along guy. You know, I, I love to sing. I was a member of the SPEBSQSA, which is the society... The Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America, S-P-E-B-S-Q-S-A. I love to sing. I, I really did. So to me, church was sort of sing-along. I was singing about him, but I never did sing to, sing to him. You know what I mean? I was singing about him, but not to him. And these people were singing to him. I didn't know how to handle it. And they were going over and over and over. And, we, and this guy got on one song called We Proclaim the Name of the Lord. I'll never forget the song. It's been it, it, indelibly written upon my heart. And he's singing this song. We proclaim the name of the Lord in the day of his glory. In the beauty of his holiness we celebrate his coming. Let his banners be raised in the day of his coming. And the, at the ending of the day we proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, we proclaim the name of the Lord in the day of his. Listen, they sang that song every possible way it could be sung. They sang it soft. We proclaim the name of the Lord in the day. They sang it loud. We proclaim the name of the Lord. And they, and they marched to it. They'd march up and down in front of their seats there. It was like they'd just turn around, march. Dun, 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 like. It was, I thought, when is this thing going to be over? And it kept going. They, they sang it with instruments. They sang it without instruments, a cappella. They even hummed it. Have you ever heard a thousand people humming? <laughs> and I'm standing here, I'm going. <laughs> I said, it, I reached over and got my Bible and my notebook in the chair next to me, and I was standing on the front row of the second section, a door that right there, so in case I needed to get out of there. And I was holding my Bible, and I said, Lord, if he starts that song one more time, I'm out of here, and I'm going to catch a plane and go home. And he got to the end of it. At the um, uh, dawning of the day, we proclaim the name of, I knew what he was doing. He is stopping it. Lord, now, oh no, 
I, I, I told you I'd leave if he sang it again. I, I laid it down, laid my Bible down. And just as I stood up, he went, oh, we proclaim the name of the Lord. And today, oh, boy. <laughs> Have you ever, you ever had a rush like, it just flies all over you? It just all over me. I grabbed my Bible. I said, I am out of here. I took one step toward the door. I was moving, I was already angry, and I was moving as like someone grabbed both ankles. And I fell flat on that concrete tabernacle floor, dropped the Bible and the notebook, barely caught myself from, from bashing my nose, but I didn't even notice it because the Holy Spirit fell on me at that very moment, and he began to deal with my heart. He began to work on areas of my heart. I was angry at people. I was angry at God. I was not forgiving toward those who had hurt me and my family in those days and I was dealing with those issues. I didn't know how to forgive people and I just kept it all down inside of me and I was blaming myself and I was blaming the call of God. God, I wish I hadn't even been called to the ministry. I don't even know what I am doing here now and, I just, and all of this stuff just started coming up out of my heart. And it, I saw something in my spirit like a big kettle with gold in it. And it was boiling. And this dross was coming to the top. And as these things were being revealed to me, and I saw a hand reach in and take that dross and scoop it off and start scooping that old dross off the top of it until it was completely clear. Oh, God. Oh, suddenly it's as it came, and I, I, listen, I wailed. I, I, don't, they, I don't know what they thought about it, and I, I really didn't care. Right there, I was just meeting with God and didn't even intend to. I didn't know it was going to happen at the beginning of the day. And I met with him, or I should say he met with me. And uh, as it lifted... I was lying on the floor and looked around, and I noticed the people weren't paying any attention to me at all. <laughs> In fact, I don't think they could even hear me crying above the sound of the music. And I looked, okay, and then suddenly I realized they were still singing that song. <laughs> They were, they were, and what, I picked up my Bible, I put it in the chair, I stood up and stuck my hands in the air, and I said, we proclaim by the name of the Lord. <laughs> that morning, something happened in my heart, and I was birthed into worship. I never could after that just sing about God. I had to sing to him. So I'm, I'm not advertising any particular form of worship. I'm not saying you've got to jump up and down, march, shout, and clap. I, I'm just saying God used that in my life to bring me to a point of decision about worship. Am I just going to come and go through the motions, or am I going to have really a heart relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? And I really appreciate what he's done for me. And I'm going to tell him, and it's not just going to be on the weekend. It's going to be every day of the week. And guess what? He spoke and said, is there anything too hard? And out of that place, God formed a destiny in my life. And I meet with him. 
I hear his voice, I commune with him, and this is the heart of the Lord for us. Some people have lost hope in the words that God spoke to you and the hope that you had years ago. And some of you here right now saying, I know I need my heart worked on so that I can be more intimate with the Lord, so that I can worship from the heart. I know that. I need that. And if you're here, we're going to pray with you. If you feel that way, we're going to pray with you. We're going to have people standing at the front who will be praying with you about that one particular issue. I want a deeper walk with the Lord. I want my heart softened before him. But there may be other issues that you have here this morning. Maybe a job, maybe a relationship, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's sickness. Anything that you need prayer for, the prayer team's going to be here to pray with you about those things. And you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to have prayer. You can just get up and come down here and one of these people will pray with you. They don't, they're not going to ask you whether you're a member of Gateway or not and try to, to manipulate you in any way. They really love you and care for you. And if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you honestly don't know him. If you've never asked him into your heart, you've never surrendered your life to him, now would be a good time. It would be the best time. So let me pray for you now. Let's pray. And then we'll give an, be given an opportunity to come down. Father, I pray for these who are here in this congregation who have listened under the sound of, 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 this vo- of my voice and the Holy Spirit, that you would cause every person here to be healed in whatever area of their life they need to be healed in, that you would give them a genuine love for you like they've never had before at a level higher, a dimension higher than they've ever had before in their lives. And Father, if there's anyone here that needs to know you, give them the boldness to come forth, to come forward in the name of Jesus. I ask this, amen.